Hello and welcome to The Complete Works, a deep dive into the career and films of someone. My name is Mike Smith and joining me as we piece together the upcoming season of our podcast is my friend, co-host, fellow Cageaholic, Gold Blue Maniac, and Psychopath. Mike Decretia. How you doing today, Mike? I'm doing just great. Honestly, totally uh, rudderless without a set intro. I don't know what we're doing now. <laughs> I was scared when you said a deep dive into somebody and I yeah. panicked. <laughs> just fight or flight response instantly it feels off the rails already right uh, yeah, it feels 100 <laughs> yeah and uh that's going to be kind of the tone of this episode uh this is uh not a traditional episode of the complete works because a traditional episode usually has a movie to talk about based on the filmography of an actor that we're covering yes uh this time we are beginning the process of once again picking a new subject for the complete works as we get ready for season four of the podcast can you believe we've made it to season four mike I never thought we'd finish season one, honestly, <laughs> uh, just because Nicolas Cage has so many movies. And I guess yeah. technically we haven't finished season one yet. Th that's true. All three seasons of The Complete Works are technically incomplete uh, until <laughs> yeah. until the actor dies uh, and stops making movies yeah. <laughs> or chooses retirement like Gene Hackman or something. Uh, who, who knows? Maybe Gene Hackman could be one of the candidates that technically uh, eligible. is being floated around. Yeah, technically eligible. Uh, so here is how this is going to work. I have selected five candidates for people to be considered for the complete work season four. Mike D has also selected five candidates for a total of 10 candidates. Are you following this so far, Mike? I'm following along. I'm glad you're letting me know what the situation is <laughs> now that we've started recording. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm more, more doing it. So for the audience, but uh, you know, it's, it's good to just make sure you're, you're following along too. Yes. Uh, by the end of this episode, Mike D and I will have eliminated six names and we will be down to four finalists who will then be voted on by you, the listener, to determine who will be the subject of the new season. We're going to take those four names. We'll put it out there as a Twitter poll like we did for season three. Uh, and the season three poll was a huge success. You know, it had a, a lot of votes. People were really into it. Um, it was, a, you know, it was one of those things where I was closely following it for a little while. And then it was very clear, like early on, Michelle, Yeoh's going to win this thing. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple days where everybody was a little tied. And then I think, you know, maybe by day three, it was just like, oh, Michelle Yeoh is up of 60% or whatever she had. Yes, exactly. Basically, to be eligible for a new season of Complete Works, there are two criteria. Uh, one, the actor slash actress has to have been making movies for at least 20 years, uh, meaning that the latest their first movie can be from is 2004. They have to be making movies from 2004 or earlier. Uh, also, they can't have been in any movies with Michelle Yeoh. So if they were covered in season three at all, if they were in any Michelle Yeoh movies, they are not eligible for season four, which unfortunately eliminates pretty much the entire Hong Kong film industry. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw somebody, uh, we posted online earlier today, like any last minute pitches for season four and somebody pitched Donnie Yen and I was like, man, that'd be great, but can't do it. He's if been only. in like four Michelle Yeoh movies. <laughs> uh, so yeah, can't be in any movies with Michelle Yeoh. However, Nicolas Cage and Jeff Goldblum are both fair game. If they were in a movie with Cage, if they're in a movie with Goldblum, if they're in a movie with both, they are still eligible for a season four. It's just they can't have been part of the previous season of the show. Right. Because uh, we realized pretty quickly after Go the Goldblum season, it was like, huh, we're just going to eliminate everybody if they can't yeah. have been in a movie with <laughs> Nicolas Cage, who's in 100 plus movies, or Jeff Goldblum, who approaches 100 movies, I think. Yes. And a lot of them are things like The Player. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's... <laughs> 25 leading starring actors and actresses uh, are in a movie like that. 
Yes. They're gone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Can't do it. So yeah, basically. And, and, you know, once we get to that kind of situation, we haven't had that problem yet, but if we do have somebody who is also in a Nick Cage movie or also in a Goldblum movie, we might figure out something different to do with it. Like it maybe not just cover the same movie again, or if we do maybe get a guest on that episode or something, something different, you know, yeah. so something to mix it up a little bit. Uh, so this episode where we figure out the finalists will be released on Monday, February 5th. You are listening to this at least from that date onward, uh, the poll will go live on Twitter exactly one week later, meaning on Monday, February 12th. Uh, that poll, which will have the four finalists, will be active for one week, meaning we will know the final results of the poll on Monday, February 19th. You got one week to figure it out and, uh, you know, spread the poll, tell all your friends about it, tell them to vote, uh, you know, contact any famous people that you happen to have, <laughs> that you happen to have any kind of contact with and have them retweet the poll and get their followers in there. Do whatever it is you got to do. Make it go as viral as you possibly can. Uh, because, you know, the uh, the new season of The Complete Works is also a time for new beginnings. It's a time to get new fans for the show. And uh, that's always cool. Yeah, yeah, we got to spread the word. Um, that's We got some some help last season when we did the poll for Michelle Yeoh. We got some... Some big retweets, and that's what uh, led to, like, I think it was almost 800 votes or something like that, which is yeah. pretty huge for a podcast of our stature. So we yes. will, hopefully uh, we can recreate that a little bit. Yes. Uh, you know, Twitter might be different now. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a little bit of a different vibe these days. Yeah, yeah so we'll see how long. <laughs> hopefully Twitter's still around at the end of February. <laughs> that's that's been the caveat, like, for the past year. Like, if yeah. Twitter's still around by this date, we'll, we'll do it. Uh, yeah, and it really hasn't been that long. It was, like end of it was like a year and a half ago that we did the season three poll <laughs> right lots changed man a lot has changed for sure uh so yeah me and mike have each selected five candidates uh that we're gonna kind of argue for give our pitch for uh and so mike d uh i'm gonna have you list off uh basically we'll go one by one right so oh, you'll okay. do i was one, gonna say everybody's gonna do all of them no yeah <laughs> just knock about all at once uh have we ever done a 20 minute episode mike i don't think we can <laughs> i don't think we have that in <laughs> Uh, all right. So Mike D, why don't you tell me one of your candidates? Uh, who, who is somebody that you think would be a good subject for season four of the complete works? So I was telling, uh, Mike before we started recording that I was looking through some of the suggestions, looking on letterbox, you know, looking at some filmographies and stuff. And I looked at one of them that was suggested by a friend of the show. And I noticed that he was in a movie with the actor, Joe Don Baker. And I was like, Whoa, that'd be such a fun thing. He's in so many weird movies and, and it's not that it's not like a lot of movies, but he's in some like pretty cool, weird stuff. So I was looking at that. And then I remembered, of course, Joe Don Baker is in Tomorrow Never Dies with Michelle yes. Yeoh. So unfortunately, Joe Don Baker, not eligible for the complete work season four. Not eligible. And that, that was one of the things I was like, oh, man, he's in, I think, almost all the Brosnan Bonds. That'd be so fun. OK. Yeah. And he's out. But then I remembered <laughs> another movie that Joe Don Baker's in that I think we're both very big fans of called Charlie Varick, which yeah. co-stars Walter Matthau. Ooh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, baby, <laughs> Walter Matthau is somebody that I, you know, I think just kind of pop cultural osmosis I'm very familiar with, but I have not seen many of his movies. I've seen Charlie Varick. I've seen, uh, you know, probably Bad News Bears and Grumpy Old Men and stuff like that. But um, according to Letterboxd, I've seen 2% of his filmography, <laughs> which that would be very fun to dive into. And he's he gets a pretty wide variety of movies. I think he, he's in that weird era that we saw with the Jeff Goldblum season, the early years where like someone like 
Walter Matthau or Charles Brosnan or uh, Jonah Baker, I guess, could be yeah. like a, a leading action, like hunk dude, Elliot Gould, right? Like, <laughs> I'm not sure if hunk is the right word to describe Walter Matthau. <laughs> I think I think there is an era where just like an interesting guy was yes. just like a leading dude. Um, <laughs> and uh, of course, Taking a Fell in 1, 2, 3, uh, which I know you're very big fan. We're both very big fans of. I have seen that one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then and then all the way to the uh, later in his career where he's doing Grumpy Old Man and more like old man comedies and dad movies, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, I guess Taking of Pella One Two Three is also a dad movie these days. But so Walter Matthau is my one of my first my first one. Uh, I think that's a fantastic choice, uh, one that I hadn't really considered. I think it fits in uh, you. I, you, I think are in the back of your mind doing like your own little third criteria, which is that I, I know you've been pitching like I would like the person to be dead or not making movies anymore. <laughs> Correct. So that so that we don't have to like continue covering them beyond the season. <laughs> so we don't have a fourth season of uh, never ending movies <laughs> that's like constantly interrupted by us covering other people. Yeah, uh, and so yeah, Walter Matthau would also fit that. I love Walter Matthau. I just recently rewatched uh, the Taking of Pelham One Two Three uh, at the Roxy Theater, the indie theater near my house in Missoula, Montana, where I also work. It was a sold out showing uh, for our 1974 series, and uh, man, that might be one of my all time favorite movies. I, I <laughs> yes. love the Taking of Pelham One Two Three. It's so, so, so good. And uh, Walter Matthau is incredible in it. Uh, and so, yeah, that's this is a very strong contender, Mike. This is a good choice. Excellent. Uh, I'm glad. Yeah. So great. Okay. So Mike's first uh, name that he threw out there is Walter Matthau. And then I'm going to say my first name. Uh, this is the one that like I've been thinking about the most like for the longest I think like since we kind of started season three always in the back of my mind I'm like okay but who's the next season of the complete works going to be about <laughs> you're like a shark you can't stop moving exactly <laughs> and so uh, I've been thinking about this one for a while and I think this could be a really terrific season of the podcast uh, and that is uh, Michael Keaton. Oh, uh, Michael Keaton, who, uh, is, I think one of my favorite screen presences, um, somebody who, you know, starts his career as kind of a comedian, kind of a comedy star. You got your Mr. Mom and Beetlejuice and Johnny dangerously. And then, you know, turns into sort of an action hero. He becomes Batman and does the Tim Burton Batman movies and is in more blockbuster type stuff. Uh, and then sort of transitions into just beloved character actor, like yeah. somebody, somebody who I'm always excited to see pop up in something I didn't know he was in. And, uh, you know, he, like he had a, you know, a sort of lull where he wasn't really in as much high profile stuff. And then in the mid 2010s, like Birdman comes out and it's sort of considered like his comeback movie and spotlights the year after and all that stuff. Um, and then like a few years later, I remember in 2020, I was watching the trial of the Chicago seven, uh, the Aaron Sorkin movie, which I think is a pretty good movie. Uh, but a movie that, uh, I did not know Michael Keaton was in, and, uh, he was not in the marketing or anything like that. And he only pops up like two hours into the movie. And when he pops up, I was like, Holy, like it was a big moment. I was like, Oh my God, Michael Keaton's here. Um, and so I was very excited about that. And, uh, yeah, I, I love Michael Keaton. I think he'd be a great one to cover for the podcast. Also, uh, just to add to my argument for all my people here, um, I, I listed off some directors we would end up covering for each per, for each of my Ooh, people as well. You did homework. I did a little bit of homework, yeah. So some of the directors that we would cover on a Michael Keaton season of the podcast, uh, you got Joan Rivers, uh, who directed one of Michael Keaton's first movies, uh, Ron Howard, Amy Heckerling, John Hughes, Tim Burton, John Schlesinger, Kenneth Branagh, Harold Ramis, Quentin Tarantino, Steven Soderbergh, Hayao Miyazaki, Adam McKay, and Aaron Sorkin uh, are some of the people we would cover. Uh, and I also listed off a couple of like one con for each person like one thing not like why you wouldn't want to do the podcast and for michael keaton it's because we would have to watch the flash and morbius uh, again <laughs> i was gonna Which say is, uh i'm a big you know i'm into keaton however 
<laughs> there is however, the flash leaming over that season of the, of the pod. However, can I do this to myself again? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and so that, that's my con for Michael Keaton. But what do you think of Keaton, Mike? What do you think of that uh, um, I think that'd be fun. I think he's got like the inverse uh, Walter Matthau, <laughs> where he's like starts as a comedy man, becomes action man. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, but I think that would be fun. Um, and somebody just recently I saw going around on, on Twitter uh the scene from the other guys <laughs> where he's like the manager at, at like an Ikea. Yeah. Um, and also like the, the homicide detective or whatever, sergeant or some shit. And he starts giving like a homicide briefing to the people in Ikea. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, Oh, sorry. That's from my other job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hilarious. Uh, yeah. Hilarious. Recently comedy central has been playing a lot of the Adam McKay, Will Ferrell movies. Um, mm-hmm. so I, every once in a while I like catch some of step brothers or Talladega nights or the other guys. And I watched like half of the other guys a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, man, that movie's it, it, like under, I forgot how much I like the other guys. I, yeah. I remember when I first saw it, I was like, Oh yeah, this is pretty good, but it's not as good as step brothers. Uh, and watching it again, I'm like, no, this movie's hilarious. It's, it's so good. <laughs> it's, it's great. Maybe be Mark Wahlberg's best performance. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think strong, strong contender. Um, big negative though with the Flash for me, but uh, yeah, uh, understandable. <laughs> but I like it. All right. So uh, who's your next name, Mike? Who do you got? Um, my next name is somebody also familiar with sh- sharks. I don't know. I was trying to connect it to how I called you a shark, um, but I couldn't. <laughs> think of anything that's very good uh but it's uh roy scheider okay i think uh did a friend of the show mike emmons he suggested roy scheider a while back right he yes he he uh, is the one that put this uh put scheider in my brain on my list for this uh season um i mean my both of our probably favorite movie of all time jaws you know of course yeah um, J- jaws is always my like default answer if somebody asks me what my favorite movie is yeah yeah and he's in some of the uh, other best movies of all time like uh, the thomas jane the punisher that's hilarious that'd be fun to watch <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um uh, you know all that jazz which i know you just watched this year i think or last year very recently yeah it's i like, just listed it as my number three discovery of that's right. uh, 2023 in our mike mike uh, top 10 episode in the mo- me and your movie day episode uh, yes. or from that list um french connection sorcerer marathon man i'm trying to look at some of these other ones that i might have seen uh, off the top of my head but yeah he's in he's in a bunch of stuff that is awesome only 87 films so like that is a lot according to imdb however sure. It's kind of less than a lot of the other people we've done so far, <laughs> um, other than Yo, who I don't think has broken 70 or 60, right? I uh, uh, last last week when we did The Brother's Son, that was episode 56, and that was a TV show. So um, I wonder if there's some weird half of a season of a TV show in Roy Scheider's history that nobody remembers, um, <laughs> like we discovered with uh, like 10 Speed and Brown Shoe or something for Goldblum. Yeah. Um, that'd I, be I so t- fun. I, I'm looking at the filmography right now, Mike, and I can tell you that Roy Scheider was on 47 episodes of Sequest DSV. Oh my God, how could I forgot about Sequest? <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> who, who could have forgotten Sequest? <laughs> yes. So yeah, that'd be great to watch all 47 episodes of Sequest. <laughs> um, and then we'd have to watch the, uh, what's the, the adult swim version the, the, where they um, like it's redubbed like, the uh, right. Sequest yeah. 2010 or something like that. Um, 2032. Uh, some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like they like so yeah and but anyway Roy Scheider uh, is in some of my favorite movies of all time some of the best movies of all time plus a bunch of weird shit like Sequest I guess we'll discover and you know the other Jaws sequels <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> um, and then just a lot of crime movies and stuff I, th- I think it'd be real fun so Roy Scheider. Yeah, I think that's also a, a really strong contender. I mean, there's a, a few movies here that I ha- like, you know, I've seen a lot of the big ones here. I've seen Clute, I've seen Jaws, I've seen, uh, you know, Sorcerer, uh, Marathon Man, Jaws 2, all that jazz, 2010. 
but then there's also yeah, Mishima Life in Four Chapters. I've never seen that. Uh, you know, there's a few there's a few here that I would really like to watch. Um, so yeah, that's a, a definite contender for sure. I like um, it. Sweet. All right, so Roy Scheider's your number two here. Uh, my second name that I'm throwing out there is Wesley Snipes. Ooh, wow! Tell me yeah. more. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> I think Wesley Snipes, um, you know, when we talk about, you know, the biggest stars of the 90s, uh, you know, I think he is definitely in that conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of, one of the big action stars, but also somebody who was a great comedic actor, you know, White Men Can't Jump and Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, and also a great dramatic actor. He got to start with, you know, working in Spike Lee movies and Abel Ferreira movies. But then, you know, also is Passenger 57, Demolition Man and Blade and all that stuff. Uh, so, you know, a huge, huge, like, star power, like one of the biggest. Is tr- truly, I think, one of the biggest stars of the 90s. And then just a huge drop off. I mean, just it completely almost disappeared, like disappears after his tax problems in the mid 2000s. Right. Uh, and also, you know, according to various stories, like what happened on the set of Blade Trinity, like he was very difficult to work with, all that, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and that leads to a lot of direct to video stuff. Um, but, you know, there's always like in the last few years, there's been a sort of like bubbling of like, oh, is there a Wesley Snipes comeback? Like, Maybe in the ether, he had a really great supporting role in Dolomite is my name a couple of years ago. And he popped up again in Eddie Murphy's uh, coming to America sequel coming to America. <laughs> uh, I think he has a new movie out uh, coming on like streaming or something soon. Um, but yeah, I think he's just a, a really fascinating presence. Uh, and I last year uh, hosted a blade double feature at the Roxy for Inferno of Danger, Blade and Blade 2. And uh, that was one of the wildest crowds I have ever been in in a movie theater. People were going nuts for the Blade movies uh, and truly that that performance in the first blade is just like one of the most iconic superhero performances ever uh and so i think that would be a really cool one uh some of the directors we would cover uh for wesley snipes include abel ferreira spike lee mario van peebles ron shelton philip kaufman tony scott uh mike figgis guillermo del toro walter hill antoine fuqua and rizza uh, I don't know which rizza movie he's in but he's in a movie directed by rizza uh i would say the con for a wesley snipes season is that it is a very similar arc to the cage season. <laughs> mm, that is true. <laughs> Where he is, you know, one of the biggest stars, of the eighties, nineties, and then suddenly he has tax problems and he's in a lot of direct to video stuff. Give point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that, that's really the only con I think, but I think Wesley Snipes would be a really cool uh, person for a season to be. <laughs> the only con air. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> Wesley Snipes is not in con air. Mike, I please. <laughs> Uh, but I think you're right. passenger 57. It's a different <laughs> airplane action. movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Um, I think that would be fascinating. I think that'd be really fun. And like, also like a really interesting, potentially compliment to a Michelle Yeoh season charting the American, like Hollywood action rise and fall um, yeah. rather than the Hong Kong arc or whatever. And I do have a lot of nostalgia and affection for the good Wesley Snipes movie. So that would be fun. Plus we, we would sneak a Donnie Yen in there. Oh yeah. Cause uh, blade two has yes. uh, has Donnie Yen in it. Yes, of course. Uh, which uh, when I was watching blade two, people clapped and cheered for Ron Perlman when he showed up. Um, but nobody clapped when Donnie Yen showed up and I was really mad about Philistines. Um, <laughs> this was like a month after John Wick four came out and I was like the Donnie Yen heads, they gotta be here, right? Yeah. Uh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of Donnie Yen heads, uh, producer Colin just texted me today that he, or last night he watched, uh, John Wick four for the first time. Oh man. Um, and he was like, I can't believe Donnie Yen is the coolest human. And I was like, I agree. Yeah. Uh, and then I was mad that we were recording this tonight. So I couldn't come home and immediately just watch John Wick four. <laughs> Because I would have. I was in. I was in there. Yes, uh, you're in that zone. I mean, it's. I was going to say, you can do it after we record, but it is three hours long. You might have to go to bed. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you can fast forward to the Donnie Yen scenes. <laughs> yeah, just the, 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 the kitchen fight where he does the superhero punch where he winds up. That's all I need. So cool. So good. That's cinema. Uh, 
Yes, it is. Uh, all right. So Wesley Snipes is one of my names. Mike D, who's your third name? My third name is uh, f- favorite of the show, favorite of the f- favorite of the pod, uh, Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Okay. Bill Paxton. Yes. Um, what what could be said about Bill Paxton other than we love him? Uh, we've watched a bunch of his movies on yeah. Mike and Mike go to the go to the movies. Uh, <laughs> Recently, right? Didn't we, or just th- this past year, I made you watch, how can I forget oh, the movie uh, that he directed? Frailty, yes. Yes. Frailty, but of course, uh, one of my famous babysitter movies of Twister. I mean, Titanic, tra- uh, Terminator, Aliens, Edge of Tomorrow, Tombstone, True Lies, Near Dark, the Spy Kids movies, apparently. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> he plays Dinky Winks in the Spy Kids movies. Uh, Look at that. In um, two and three, he's not in the first one. Club Dread, which is amazing. Um, Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker, of course. I think the fun thing of uh, of a Bill Paxton season would be all of those very early single scene, just fucking like, I'm a guy with spiky hair roles, like he is in Terminator <laughs> or whatever, or like he's just the yeah. dude that uh, that bullies the kid for two or three scenes in Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker, right? He's in a lot of th- a lot of things like that before he starts, you know, moving up into meteor and meteor supporting roles and then eventually leading roles. Um, and that was so much fun. I think he's the only person to, if I remember right, to be killed by a Terminator, a Xenomorph, and the Predator. I um, believe that's true. I think it's him and Lance Henriksen. I think you might be right. That yeah. might be that might be it. Um, which is amazing. So that'd be so much fun to watch that kind of stuff. And just he's one of one of our one of our most beloved actors, you know. And uh, it's, he's just in a, in a ton of crazy shit, even as just a supporting role, like just some great movies. Um, so Bill Paxton. Yeah, uh, I love Bill Paxton. I think it's a great choice. Uh, and it is, yeah, uh, so many of my favorite movies are in there. I recently, for Inferno, um, like two months in a row, I, we did Aliens right. uh, in October. And then in November, we did a Predator double feature. So we watched Predator and Predator 2. Uh, and I got to watch Bill Paxton in Aliens and in Predator 2, uh, basically playing the same character in both movies uh, and just killing it. He was He's so funny. Uh, in Aliens, but also, but especially in Predator 2. I don't know. There's something about, like insane about his performance that I really loved. Yeah, no, I think that's a great choice. Um, <laughs> you know what? I, how could I forget to neglect to mention the ultimate uh, Bill Paxton role, Vertical Limit? Um, <laughs> <laughs> a movie that you have already made me watch. Actually, you've made me watch Vertical Limit and you made me watch uh, Trespass. Trespass. I was going to say Trespass. And too. Frailty. Uh, so you've, you've made me watch certain Bill Paxton movies already. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get a secret... Th- 3.5 season of bill paxton whether or not he is season four <laughs> yes and we did twister actually uh. yeah, that's right yeah <laughs> just every every birthday movie for on mike and mike i'm gonna pick a bill paxton movie right so so no matter what bill paxton will get covered in the podcast uh, so so there's that uh okay so bill paxton is your third name uh my third name uh is an actress who I really, I have grown to really appreciate over the years, and that is Nicole Kidman. Ooh, yeah, Nicole Kidman, I think, is um, a really fascinating actor, uh, using her star power as a tool to kind of help interesting filmmakers get their work made. Like, it seems like she's really drawn to weird shit, and uh, I really appreciate that about her. And uh, she's kind of consistently been working since the '90s. There's not really been any kind of like lull in the Nicole Kidman career, uh, and she is now the face of the movies. Uh, you know, she's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anytime anybody goes to a movie at AMC theaters nicole kidman is there to greet you uh and uh yeah i I think she's really really great i think it was around you know i've always liked nicole kidman but i think in 2022 when the northman came out uh i was kind of like really blown away by her performance in the northman and i was like oh man nicole kidman like she's killing it here and kind of like went back and like looked at some of her other stuff and it's like oh yeah no she was great in this and she was great in this so uh yeah some of the directors we cover in a nicole kidman series you got tony scott 
uh, Ron Howard, Joel Schumacher, uh, Gus Van Sant, Jane Campion, Stanley Kubrick, Baz Luhrmann, Lars von Trier, Jonathan Glazer, Frank Oz, Nora Ephron, George Miller, Noah Baumbach, Park Chan-wook, Werner Herzog, Yorgos Lanthimos, Sofia Coppola, Karen Kusama, James Wan, Ryan Murphy, Aaron Sorkin, and Robert Eggers. I think of all the, uh, the actors that I have working with directors, I think she has like the longest list of interesting people that she works with. Yeah. Um, and I know you just watched uh, destroyer like three or four nights ago, right Mike? Uh, last night I finished it. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. what did you think of a uh, destroyer? Um, definitely secret, secret, very good movie. Um, okay. uh, a lot of the comments on the or comments, the reviews and stuff on letterboxd were like, don't believe the meme that destroyer is bad. Um, and I agree with them. I think it, it rules. It goes really hard. It's uh it's like a, it's like Karen Kusama doing like a um, man who goes too far Michael Mann cop movie. You know, it's like yeah. that style of neo-noir kind of thing. Um, and it's awesome. Nicole Kidman is great in it. And I think that is having just watched that makes me be like very excited to do a uh, Nicole Kidman season. Cause I think I, I think I sort of have the, you know, kind of pop culture like, well, I don't know. She's like, she's, she's okay. You know, like kind of thing. But, um, having just watched that and, and sort of like, and thinking about Northman and stuff like the more recent things being like, wait a second, this is a really interesting, it'd be a really interesting portrait of, uh, of somebody that has like great mainstream success and pivots that into doing just weird character stuff that yeah. she seems more interested in doing. So yeah, I think that'd be a great pick. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I just watched Eyes Wide Shut this past year. I talked about that on our um, Mike and Mike top 10 episode. It was my number one discovery of 2023. Uh, you know, just stuff like Stoker. Um, I love, love, love Stoker. And she's great in that. And yeah, so so much good stuff. Uh, the only con I can think of to a Nicole Kidman season is that we did cover one of her movies already, Mike. Do you remember which movie it was? Um, it's the it's the one where she's Nick Cage's husband. And I think it's well, she's his wife. But yeah, well, you know what I mean? Nick Cage yeah. is her husband. And I want to say unknown, but that's wrong. Wrong, but it's a, it's like a single word thing. It's the one with Ben Mendelsohn. Yes, uh, yeah. unknown is a Liam Neeson movie. Um, yeah. No, uh, you're thinking of Trespass, Trespass. Uh, which, which is the one. Yeah. So Nicole Kidman was in Trespass, uh, which you know, to be fair, it's been like six years since we watched Trespass. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, it doesn't really feel like there's too much overlap, but there is one Nick Cage movie in her filmography that uh, would be in there as well. That'd be fine. I think having a single overlap is is pretty good. It's um, not bad considering like where we are at this point in the podcast and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sweet. All right. So Nicole Kidman's in there uh who's your fourth name mike my fourth name is somebody that uh made both of our top 10 discoveries this past year or oh. just recently and that's george c scott okay <laughs> mostly on the power of how good exorcist 3 is um, <laughs> no um i think i think it'd be really interesting to to you track george c scott and, and just sort of what i you know s- passing familiarity with a lot of his things of course he's in uh so you know dr strangelove and and uh 12 angry men and and all this kind of stuff and some of these great movies uh of all time which like a lot of my <laughs> picks have been um yeah but also i think he's in a lot of weird genre stuff towards the end of his career or later stages of his career like sure. exorcist 3 or the changeling or hardcore paul the paul schrader movie the hustler he's in too so i think i think it'd just be really fun and and uh i i sort of think of him as He's in one of the Christmas Carol versions, I think. And that's oh, yeah. sort of like by, by popular, like when I think of George C. Scott, it's either, uh, whatever his character is from strange love. I, was, I can't, there's so many names in that movie. He's Tur- I mean, yeah, Tur- he plays uh, general Buck Turgidson. Turgidson. I was going to say Turgidson. I was like, I don't remember if that's him or not. Um, or, uh, 
from Christmas Carol. Like I, that's sort of right. just what I think of when I think of George C. Scott. So I think just this another one of these just gruff action man uh, people would be would be fun. Nice. So, yeah. I think that's a great choice. I love George C. Scott. Uh, you know, I, I'm sensing it. I, I picked out the theme of your people right away. It seems like, um, yes, all, of these no, pe- all of these people are dead and are no longer making movies. Correct. <laughs> I want an uh, end date. <laughs> <laughs> uh, understandable. Um, so yeah, I think George C. Scott's great. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the filmography now and he's somebody who I think you would think is in like a ton of movies and he doesn't actually have that many movies to his filmography. Um, yeah. you know, it, it's like less than I would like, it's a manageable season of the podcast. Um, so that's, that's interesting. I do like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got Dr. Strangelove, you got the hustler anatomy of a murder. That movie's incredible. Yeah. And then, yeah, as it goes on, um, Oh, islands in the stream, there uh, which, uh, that's, that's the one <laughs> he's in uh, taps. You, also. I love taps. I haven't oh, seen yeah. that in forever, but that movie rules. There you go. Paul Schrader's hardcore, uh, the changeling Firestarter, Uh, yeah. And extra, <laughs> which Firestarter sucks. That that's a big con right there. I don't know. I've never seen that one. Big plus <laughs> day of the dolphin. <laughs> I have always wanted to see day of the dolphin, um, <laughs> Me too, honestly. which does have the greatest tagline in movie history. Um, which I think I can repeat from memory. It's like, uh, um, Maybe I can't do it by memory, but it's basically like by accident, he unwittingly trained a dolphin to kill the president of the United States. Yeah, unwittingly, he trained a dolphin to kill the president of the United States. Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, The Rescuers Down Under uh, is, a, is a George C. Scott movie. Um, yeah, no, there's, there's some good stuff here. So yeah, definitely uh, in consideration for sure, Mike. Excellent. I'm glad. All right. So uh, yeah, George C. Scott is your fourth name. My fourth name is going to be Kirsten Dunst. Ooh. Um, and you, part of my reason for this is that uh, I think I say this every time we do a new season of the show. Uh, we haven't done a child actor yet. You know, we've never done a child actor and their kind of transition to adulthood before. Last season, we did have Natalie Portman in the mix. True. And she, I think, was still technically eligible for this season. Uh, she's not one of my names because uh, she really performed very badly in the poll last year. <laughs> last year. Yeah. That was, she may have the May December bump now, though. I, I was I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, you know, but now the May December's out, people are on the Portman train. But like at that time, uh, we were kind of in the hype mode for Thor Love and Thunder, and like the, yeah. the promo photos were coming out, and it's like, oh man, people are excited about Natalie Portman again. And yeah, it didn't really translate in the in the poll, which was kind of a bummer. Because uh, I love Natalie Portman. I think she'd be really fun. Uh, but Kirsten Dunst, also a child actor uh, who kind of transitioned into adult roles. And uh, also, she's just one of the best. I don't know. I love Kirsten Dunst. Uh, she's always a great presence. Uh, she brings a very like feminine energy into everything she does. She often makes it a point to work with female directors. Uh, and so I think that's kind of cool. Uh, some of the directors we cover, you got Brian De Palma, Jillian Armstrong, uh, Joe Johnston, Don Bluth, Barry Levinson, Hayao Miyazaki, Joe Dante, uh, a ton of Sofia Coppola movies. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, Peter Bogdanovich, uh, Sam Raimi, of course. So we finally talk about spider-man 2 on the podcast uh michelle gondry cameron crow lars von trier jeff nichols jane campion alex garland uh i think really I, the only con i could think of and that's even if you consider this a con is that it is kind of a shorter season she actually doesn't have that many movies i was gonna say i feel like recently she's slowed down a, she's in really great things but not in a lot exactly yeah she kind of it has been pretty selective with her role she did a little bit of tv stuff she had a show Oh, on yeah. Showtime, I think. I mean, she was in Fargo season two, right? Um, which she was fantastic in. And that's where she met Jesse Plemons, who is now her husband. And they've starred in like three or four movies together, uh, including uh, Power of the Dog, uh, which was a big one. But she also had a show called uh, On Becoming a God in Central Florida. 
which yeah. I never watched. I heard was good. And then it was canceled after one season. She had an episode. She was in an episode of black mirror. Um, you know, a couple, a couple of TV things here and there. Um, and then she is going to be the star or one of the stars of Alex Arlen's civil war, which comes out later this year. Yeah. I'm excited for that. And I think, I think, uh, Kirsten Dunst would be a fun, a really fun season. Yeah, I think so too. Get to watch Jumanji. Yeah. I mean, you got Jumanji, you got small soldiers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, Pull an audible and put Ernest Borgnine as one of my guys just so we double <laughs> double edge small soldier. We're gonna maneuver this podcast in such a way where at some point we're gonna recover small soldiers. Yeah, correct. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean Kiki's delivery service is also in there, uh version suicides, which I talked about on the Mike and Mike pod uh, for my discoveries. Uh and of course the Spider-Mans, um, which are the best. Love them. Uh and then yeah, re- in recent years, the power of the dog and civil war. She has a cameo in Anchorman 2. We can talk about that. Uh <laughs> Melancholia. Uh, yeah, just a lot, a lot of movies that I really like, and uh, she's always great in them. So, yeah, Kirsten Dunst is my fourth name. Yeah, that's very fun. I like it. Um, uh, so my number five, my fifth name. Yes, the fifth and final name for my Discretio. So I didn't look all the way through this. So my, my fifth name is Susan Tyrell. Okay. Who uh, is a character actor that popped up in two movies that I've made you watch. Um, yes. Or, or at least one of them, which was Angel. Um, she's the like landlady in Angel. Um, of course, the aunt in Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker. So I'm hedging my bet between Bill Paxton and Susan Tyrell. We'll get a Butcher Baker on there. Yeah. However, I'm looking through. Uh, she's in a lot of other great stuff. She won an Oscar for Fat City, the Jeff Bridges like boxing movie or whatever. Uh, she's in Crybaby. She's in um, a ton of Ralph Bakshi voiceover roles and, and stuff like that. So that'd be fun. But I didn't remember that she's in Powder. <laughs> Um, the uh yeah the jeff goldblum movie that we covered um yes which uh neither of us liked very much <laughs> no so i'm i'm sort of putting a big con on myself on that one which is a tragedy <laughs> um because i think that'd be fun she's the other person uh, on my list that is also in islands in the stream with george c scott uh, okay <laughs> which we were talking about before we started recording um and then yeah i think i think she's just somebody that'd be really fascinating from the couple movies that i have seen from her she brings this wild energy to it and i and i guess I'm reading a little bit on her Wikipedia page that she was more of a stage actor at the beginning of her career and transitioned into film things. Uh, so I think it'd be maybe interesting. I don't know if she's connected to, to uh, like Altman or anything like that in the way like J- Jeff Goldblum and, and like we were talking about with like Nashville and things like that and that whole improvised live theater stuff bleeding over into film and all, all the same kind of troupe all do, working together and stuff like that. Um, right. Maybe like with Bogdanovich and stuff. I don't know. Uh, with Fat City and Jeff Bridges and all that. Um, so I don't know. I think it'd just be interesting uh, to track her weird film career, uh, except for Powder. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Susan Tyrell. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I like Susan Tyrell. I really like her in Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that could be an interesting one. It's, it is definitely a lot of stuff that I haven't seen, uh, which is nice. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's also kind of a shorter one as well. Um, okay, so Susan Tyrell is your fifth name. Yes, uh, and then my fifth name, man. Okay, so I, I texted you earlier, <laughs> yeah, and said that um, you know we we put it out there um, on Twitter, being like, hey, anybody, you know, we're we're recording our episode today, figuring out who the finalists are going to be. Uh, any last minute pitches, any names that people want to throw out there, we will take them and like maybe may, maybe consider them, you know. And so uh, we put it out there and we got a lot of names that uh, were returned back to us. Uh, and so I have a name written here that I had locked in like two months ago. Okay. And part of me wants to go with that name, but somebody suggested somebody on Twitter that, um, 
I think would be a really good season. And I'm going back and forth. Uh, and I was like, I'm going to wait to see if Mike ends up picking that person. And you didn't. So okay. now I have to like decide whether I want to go with my original pick or whether I want to go with the replacement pick. Well, let's cheat and say both. <laughs> Should I just say both? Yeah, cheat and say both. Who cares? <laughs> All right, fine. Okay, my original pick uh, is Antonio Banderas. Oh. Uh, who I think would be great. Puss in Boots himself. That's you know? right. Uh, like Michelle Yeoh, I think we'd be diving into a long period films that we have less familiarity with. Uh, in this in this case, uh, Spanish films in the 80s, Spanish and Mexican films. Uh, before he kind of breaks out big in America in the early 90s, he teams up with Robert Rodriguez. He becomes a blockbuster star uh, while still kind of making time to star in other kinds of movies, too. Uh, and some of the directors we cover in that one, you got Pedro Almodovar, Jonathan Demme, Robert Rodriguez, Richard Donner, Alan Parker, Martin Campbell, John McTiernan, Brian De Palma, Julie Taymor, Steven Soderbergh, Terrence Malick, and James Mangold. Uh, these are all people that have worked with Banderas and also, uh, he's in the new Indiana Jones. So that, that was a weird thing that I forgot about until I was <laughs> looking at what? his photography. Do you not remember oh, that? Yeah. He's like the boat captain guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, he shows up, he's in it for 10 minutes and then he dies and you're like, why did they get, why did they get Antonio Banderas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think, I think the con here is sort of a con that we sort of thought about going into the Michelle Yeoh season, um, which is that it might be difficult to find some of those earlier Spanish films. Right. You know, uh, and it's also less of an arc than some of my other people have and more of like a random hodgepodge of stuff towards the end. Cause Antonio Banderas just kind of pops up in a lot of stuff, uh, which is also fun. And there's a lot of variety in the different things that he does. Like he's the bad guy in the second SpongeBob movie. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he's the live action character who's dressed as a pirate and all that stuff, which is fun. Uh, so Antonio Banderas is, was my original pick. Uh, my, let's say a quote unquote sixth pick or my replacement pick. Uh, this was suggested by somebody on Twitter. Uh, I'm trying to think of who I, I'm going to check real quick who it was just to give them credit, uh, for the pick, because I was like, so like, man, that's a great choice. Why didn't I think of that? It was, which one of my friends was it, Mike? It was definitely one of your friends. Um, and for some reason it's, oh, um, Matt Abernathy, Matt Abernathy picked this name. Uh, and I thought about it and I was like, I looked through the filmography and I was like, oh, this would be actually pretty fun. Uh, and that is Jeffrey Wright. Huh? I, how did, how did I never think of Jeffrey Wright? We yeah. were just singing his praises last episode, I think, right? Uh, I think it was, what, what were we talking about? Tonight? Something in the top 10 of the year. I think we were talking about Jeffrey Wright. Oh, you maybe. know, Asteroid City. It had to be Asteroid was, City. It had to be Asteroid City. Yeah. <laughs> it had to be Asteroid City. Uh, but so like, last week I just went to go see American Fiction. Um, which is a movie that I think is pretty good. I don't think the movie is great, but I think it's pretty good. And Jeffrey Wright's great in it. And Jeffrey Wright is always great. Uh, yeah. And so I, I've been kind of thinking about that recently. We're like, oh man, Jeffrey Wright's always great. And he's finally been kind of getting recognition for being always great. Um, you know, I think because of his work with Wes Anderson, he, you know, people saw him in French Dispatch, which he's amazing in that movie. And yeah. even his smaller role in Asteroid City, he's amazing. American Fiction just got an Oscar nomination and he's great in that. Uh, he's also Commissioner Gordon in uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman movie. Uh, he's the watcher on Marvel's What If Now. Like yep. he's, he's popping up in a lot of stuff and he's always been popping up in a lot of stuff. Um, but I feel like lately people have been recognizing like, man, Jeffrey Wright, what a great actor. Uh, and, you know, you look through the filmography and of course you got some of the Dan Craig Bond movies. Uh, you got uh, the Hunger Games movies. Uh, you know, he's he's been part of like franchises uh, and he's also just been like a character actor who pops up in a lot of things like Source Code, um, which <laughs> I, I think Source Code was like the first movie that like, I really like 
clocks Jeffrey Wright as being like, man, this guy rules. Right. Uh, you know, uh, there's that movie and there's, uh, you know, Only Lovers Left Alive he's in, uh, Game Night. He's in Game Night and he's great in that movie. Yeah, a, a lot of stuff. And then, of course, there's Westworld, um, which, uh, you know, we probably have to cover at least the first episode of Westworld. But, uh, you know, he was a big part of, like, why that show was good for a while, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that uh, first season of Westworld with him is fucking aces. Yeah, it's great. And he's he's in the show, I think, the entire run. I think he's in all four seasons. Oh, um, wow. I watched the first three seasons and I was like, you can't keep tricking me into thinking the show's going to get good again. Uh, Westworld, it can't, it can't happen. Can't do it. Uh, I, I have heard that season four is pretty good, but I, I will never know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, that's, for, that's for stronger men to tell me. Exactly. Yeah. But I think, uh, you know, he was in Casino Royale in 06 and then Source Code was 2011. And then right after that, he joined the main cast of Boardwalk Empire, which was a show I really loved. And he was great in that show. Uh, and so, yeah, Jeffrey Wright, uh, is a name that uh, was thrown out there on Twitter today. Thank you to Matt for posting that one because uh, I, I hadn't even occurred to me. Uh, you know, just a name that like, man, this this guy rules. I love him. Yeah, that's a tough choice between Banderas and Jeffrey Wright. Uh, right. Because I kind I would like both, honestly. Um, <laughs> that's the tricky thing. Yeah, that's the hard part. <laughs> yeah, I think I think a Jeffrey Wright season would be a lot of fun. Um, is he in a lot of stuff though? I don't know. Like, is it, would it be like, is he in like 150 <laughs> credits or something it's, crazy? It's, it's not like that. It's not 150. He is in a lot of stuff, but it's like a manageable amount, I think. Okay. That's good. Cause that's always the fear is like, oh yeah, we'll do this person. Uh, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. All right. So that, that goes through all of our names. Um, so Mike had five. I ended up with six. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Why not? Accident accidentally. Um, but, ba- but basically, you know, no matter how many we have on our list, um, you know, we do have to make some eliminations now. Uh, we have to figure it out. So uh, to recap your five, Mike, it's Walter, Math- oh. Walter Matthau, Roy Scheider, Bill Paxton, George C. Scott and Susan Tyrell. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, and then my six, I guess, uh, were, were Michael Keaton, Wesley Snipes, Nicole Kidman, Kirsten Dunst, Antonio Banderas, and Jeffrey Wright. Uh, do you want to add a sixth name just in case? Like, do you, uh, um, do you just to make it even or do you care at all? Oh, this was tough. I, w- I was toying with um, maybe Anne Bancroft. Um, it was it was in, in contention for a while there because she is in, uh, of course, The Graduate, uh, yeah. Elephant Man, uh, you know, um, Married to Mel Brooks, uh, so she's in in a lot of his movies and stuff. And yeah, I don't know. It just be, it would just be fun. I think it'd be interesting. It's somebody that I think does not get maybe much um, attention from the like Mel Brooks troupe, you know. Uh, and and I think it'd be an interesting career to chart. Um, sure. Yeah. I think with the Mel Brooks troupe, you, you always hear about Don DeLuise and Madeline Kahn and Gene Wilder and all, right. all that stuff. But uh, yeah, Anne Bancroft, despite being married to Mel Brooks and in a few of his movies, I mean, she she's in a few of his movies, but usually not in a huge role, right? It's usually a, a cameo or something. Yeah, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of the ones um, that I haven't seen. Uh, at least I'm looking at Letterbox real quick and it's silent movie and to be or not to be and Dracula dead okay. and loving it. Um, right. And those are the Bill Brooks movies I haven't seen. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think it'd be, it'd be interesting. It's, it's somebody whose presence is, you know, obviously helped shape a lot of pop culture and, and movies and things. And, and uh, I assume pro- probably produced a lot of stuff alongside Mel Brooks. Um, yeah. But doesn't her acting career doesn't get much, uh, much attention, at least that I'm aware of. So I don't know. It seemed to seem to be, be fun. Yeah, definitely. She is in uh, one movie that we have covered so far, Mike. Uh, and do you, can you guess which movie it is? Oh uh, yes. Honeymoon in Vegas. There it is. I oh, you that. just saw it on Letterboxd. I saw it on Letterboxd, <laughs> but I did remember <laughs> seeing that when I thought of Anne Bancroft earlier, okay. uh, but forgot about it. Okay. Um, so 
We each have one person with a single crossover, and they're there both Nick go. Cage. Interesting. Yes, yes. Very good. Very good. Okay, so you're, Anne Bancroft's going to be your sixth? That's going to be yeah, your sixth sure, name? Why not? Sure. All right. Uh, cool. Well, uh, I guess we'll go back and forth. Uh, do you want to eliminate one of my names first, Mike, and then I'll eliminate one of yours? Sure. I think, hmm, it's tough. This is should tough. I, should I recap my names just in case? Uh, just in case. Okay, yeah. My names are Michael Keaton, Wesley Snipes, Nicole Kidman, Kirsten Dunst, Antonio Banderas, and Jeffrey Wright. And Jeffrey Wright. Hmm. Damn, that's hard. I think um, out of those people, the one I'm uh, I'm least interested in, I think Michael Keaton. Man. Okay. It's t- that's a tough call. That is a tough one. Uh, cause I think it'd be really fun, but it's got the flash looming over large. Uh, <laughs> and I think the other, other people I'm, I just have more, 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 more interest in. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Michael Keaton is out. I will try him again. Another season. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, all right. So Michael Keaton's out. So now I got to eliminate one of your guys. Uh, and so your choices are Walter Matthau, Roy Scheider, George C. Scott, Bill Paxton, Susan Tyrell, and Anne Bancroft. Um, and I think, I think Susan Tyrell has to go, um, Reasonable, you know, I think, uh, I think she is really great in the stuff I've seen her in. I love butcher Baker nightmare maker to uh, <laughs> a degree that I probably shouldn't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, that, that might be problematic. Yeah. I, I was talking to, um, Charlie McCorn, a friend of the show who, uh, you know, runs trash vault at the Roxy. And I was like, you got to show this movie butcher Baker nightmare. Like, you like, she was asking me like, Oh, some trash vault stuff that I would pitch and butcher Baker nightmare maker was a movie I brought up. And I was like, yeah, but you know, I mean, there's some homophobic stuff in there, but like once you get past that, and yeah. also like it's sort of weirdly progressive at the end once you get to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta uh, deal with the Bo Svensson of it all, you know? Right. So I, I might, uh, I think I'm gonna lend my Blu-ray to Charlie to see if uh, see what she thinks about it, and uh, nice. you know, you never know, could be could be in there. Uh, but yeah, but I'm gonna get rid of Susan Tyrell. Uh, so she she's great, um, but unfortunately, just not gonna make the cut for me. You know, that's fair. Once I saw powder in there, I would have also made the, <laughs> the same <laughs> made decision. The same call. I can if I can eliminate Michael Keaton for the Flash, you can eliminate Susan Tyrell for. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. All right. So you, you got to eliminate one more of mine, Mike, uh, or a few more of mine, but for this next one. So Wesley Snipes, Nicole Kidman, Kirsten Dunst, Antonio Banderas, or Jeffrey Wright. Oh man, that's tough. I think I am going to eliminate Wesley Snipes. Okay. I Wesley Snipes. That, that's tough. I felt like when you when we first started. I was like locked Wesley Snipes for sure. He's in. Yeah. Um, but I think just the other people. And I think also, uh, you kind of bringing up the similar arc to cage. I talked talked you out of it. You talked me out of it a little bit. Um, (laughs) I think, I think he would be, I think that'd be one of the more fun seasons just purely on what movies we would be watching. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the kind of season long story that we would be building and discovering, uh, would feel too similar. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I, I totally get it. So Wesley Snipes out of contention He's uh, out. for the complete works season four, man. No, no Dolomite is my name ever on this podcast. Cause we almost <laughs> had Eddie Murphy for season That's true. two. Eddie Murphy was almost, he it was very, very close between Jeff Copeland and Eddie Murphy. And, uh, that was before, back before we did the Twitter poll. We basically had producer Colin and flip a coin. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and Goldman ended up being it. So yeah, unfortunately no Wesley Snipes, but all right. It, it feels like any, anytime I eliminate one of these names, it's like, oh man, it, this hurts a little it's bit. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Uh, I feel, I feel bad for all these people who will have no idea there's a podcast based on them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all of mine are uh, dead, Mike. Especially so yours. Gonna... Cause all of yours are dead. <laughs> 
Mike D has an agenda here, people. He, Correct. <laughs> he does not want to interrupt the season any more than we have to. Uh, all right. So uh, you eliminated Wesley Snipes. Now I can eliminate. Uh, you got Walter Matthau, Roy Scheider, George C. Scott, Bill Paxson, and Anne Bancroft. I think as much as this pains me, Ugh. I'm going to eliminate Bill Paxton. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, partially because, uh, you know, even though they haven't really been covered on the complete works, uh, we have talked about many of his movies. On <laughs> that is very fair. He's probably the, the person on my list that I've seen the most of their movies, obviously. Uh, right. And uh, see them like frequently. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and most of their stuff. I mean, there is stuff where Bill Paxton is, I think it's, it's very rare when Bill Paxton is the lead of something. It's, I mean, Twister, he's the lead, but, uh, you know, he's mostly a character actor, mostly supporting actor, did some directing here and there and, uh, has a fascinating career. I love Bill Paxton, love his presence. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just couldn't, uh, uh, based, based on these other names, I think I have to eliminate him. That's fair. Yeah. I think, I think I, I think you're right there. I think the, the weight of substantial roles to single scene roles, uh, would be, very skewed to the single scene or yeah k- k- style of uh, episodes and stuff and those are those are can, those can be a slog when we start getting through like you know three four five six for bill paxton 20 in a row no <laughs> sure yeah i mean it, it would be similar to the uh, the start of the jeff goldblum uh yes. season where it's like okay i mean that was that was a great era we had a lot of fun watching those 70s movies but they were all movies where jeff goldblum pops in for you know five seconds says one line and walks away you know gets that's killed by charles bronson yeah <laughs> yeah either gets killed by charles bronson or walks into another room like in california split you know he right, just right. pops up and leaves uh <laughs> so yeah unfortunately i think i gotta get rid of bill paxton which does mean that butcher baker nightmare maker is now completely off the table <laughs> no we gotta start over we gotta pick two people <laughs> we, we ruined i gotta it. put bo svensson on my list <laughs> We got to talk about special delivery again. Again. <laughs> that movie fucking rips. That I think good. when I started this list, I had Bo Svensson on here. Uh, really? I was like, it'd be worth it to watch uh, special <laughs> delivery again for the pan to fire, pan to mailbox out the window. Right. Remember? Yes. So, so good. Uh, all right. So, uh, Bill Paxton is out. Uh, I'm now down to four. Mike's down to four. Uh, all right, Mike. I got Nicole Kidman, Kirsten Dunst, Antonio Banderas, and Jeffrey Wright left. Who are you picking? Oh my God, this is hard. This is tough. I know who I, I think I know who I want them to be. Okay. But like, I also want the other two people. Uh, (laughs) I am going to eliminate, um, oh boy, this is hard. Jeffrey Wright. I'm going to do it. Okay. Jeffrey he's Wright, out. he's out, <laughs> you know, sorry, Matt Abernathy, who suggested Jeffrey Wright. Uh, it was a great choice. Uh, you know, it really made me like reconsider my entire list today. Like I had <laughs> yeah. a, a little bit of a crisis. Uh, and I think at, at this moment, Jeffrey Wright is having like, you know, probably the biggest moment of his career where he's in a lot of stuff and getting recognition for it. And that's great. Um, but, you know, who, who's to say we can't do Jeffrey Wright in the future, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's hard. You talk. You maybe you talked me back into it. Oh no! No, no it's all right. <laughs> no, we got. We got. We can't talk people back in. We got. We got to just lock in our votes and. Yeah, uh, we can't look backwards. Exactly. Yeah, we we must move forward. All right. So uh, I'm down to three. Mike D has four left. I have to eliminate one of these four. It's Walter Matthau, Roy Scheider, George C. Scott, and Bancroft. And I think, based on the filmography, as much as I would enjoy watching some Mel Brooks movies. <laughs> I think I have to get rid of Anne Bancroft. Uh, I just think Matthew Scheider and George C. Scott um, have have a more interesting filmography. I think Anne Bancroft has to go, unfortunately, uh, even though she's great, uh, even though I love The Graduates and 
Man, now, now I'm talking myself back yeah, into wait it. A second. No, it's, it. It's tough. Uh, oh, Don't Bother to Knock is an Anne Bancroft movie. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I, I think I'm going to eliminate her. She's she's great and uh, is in a lot of good movies, but uh, just just can't hang with uh, with the other filmographies, I think. That's fair. You know, it's you got to do what you got to do. All right. Okay, we're down to three. So now we basically each have to eliminate one more person, and then we're locked in. We have our four finalists. Yes. Okay, so my three that are left are Nicole Kidman, Kirsten Dunst, and Antonio Banderas. Oh, my God. Three, three of our greatest living, still working actors. You know? Yeah, all terrific. All terrific. All really great. I am going to eliminate... Now I don't know. I think I'm... I think, uh, I'm going to eliminate Antonio Banderas. Okay. Banderas is out. He's out. All right. It's my two living female actors yes. uh, versus your two dead male actors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. So my, my finalists then, we, we can say my, my two finalists on my side of the team are Nicole Kidman and Kirsten Dunst. Yes. Uh, um, and, and those were the two that I was, when you were reading off the list, I was like, okay, I think these are going to be the two. Having Antonio Banderas in there was a, a, a real twist for me. Um, okay. Because you're, you're a big Puss in Boots, The Last Wish guy. Big Puss in Boots, The Last Wish guy. Huge Zorro guy. Uh, that yes. was like my personality when I was 10 um, yes. or whenever as, that movie came out. As was uh, our you know editor and music supervisor, Kyle Cullen, um, who was big biggest Zorro guy. He took fencing because of Zorro. Legend. Uh, he, he did fencing Incredible. for years because of the mask of Zorro. <laughs> That's awesome. But I feel like uh, I, I was going to do... Uh, then I was like, maybe I'll do, maybe I'll do Kim and Banderas, but those feel like they cover similar at least eras and time periods sure, um, yeah. and maybe not like literal arc of their career, but just, I feel like they're near the same age or at least as far as popular cultures stuff. And yeah, I think, I think the, the Kidman and Dunst and having that, you know, child actor stuff for Kirsten Dunst could be very interesting to chart. Uh, and then now similar thing they're into both just can do whatever they want and use their, their uh, weight and star power to make weird shit. So I'm in for both of them. Okay, Nicole Kidman, Kirsten Dunst are my two finalists, and now you have three names. I do uh, three three names that do cover pretty similar territory. Yes, uh, Walter Matthau, Roy Scheider, George C. Scott. Three titans. Three titans. I, I love all three of these <laughs> actors. Like th- three people that I am always excited to see in a movie, uh, and it's this is a really tough one. Um, because, and I'm I'm leaning towards keeping Walter Matthau. Okay. Uh, because partially because I just watched the taking. <laughs> yeah, two, yeah. That Pelham and, bump. Yeah, that that Pelham bump is is very strong. Uh, you know, George C. Scott, great, kind of a short filmography. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, let me look at the Roy Scheider filmography one more time. <laughs> <laughs> let me see how many ten out of ten movies this guy is in. <laughs> That's the thing, man. I mean, you got you got Jaws, you got Clute, French Connection, uh, Marathon Man, Sorcerer, Jaws Two. All that jazz. Uh, I mean, Jaws Two is not a ten out of ten movie, but uh, I, was, yeah. I was just reading it off, basically. Like that, that, oh, some, most of that's in a row. Like most right. of that's like in a row in the seventies. <laughs> yeah, twenty ten, the sequel to Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey, which I think is actually pretty good. I've never uh, seen it, but I've yeah. heard secretly it's the good one. No, what, no, what, no, it's the good one. <laughs> <laughs> it's the real uh, Space Odyssey that uh, <laughs> we should be watching. Uh, yeah, Naked Lunch is uh, is in here. Um, he's archive footage from Jaws for the revenge. I'm not sure if we'd end up covering that one or not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wait, Jaws for the revenge is directed by Joseph Sargent. He directed the taking of Helen one, two, three. No way. <laughs> is this, is it his Jaws four secretly a masterpiece? <laughs> Who's to say Michael, <laughs> Kane, Michael Caine doesn't think so. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and that, and that, but you get to the end of Rory Shatter's career, and like you said, you got the Punisher. He's also in Dracula Two Ascension and Dracula Three Legacy, uh, which are both like direct to video sequels to like the Gerard Butler Dracula movie. I think what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. Okay, Roy Scheider's final film is uh, is Beautiful Blue Eyes. Uh, recently, uh, was just released. What? Um, yeah, it was a 2009 movie that um, had it was not released until 2022. <laughs> okay, it had a limited theatrical release in 2010, but it was not shown publicly again until 2022 when it was retitled Beautiful Blue Eyes and given a new limited release to coincide with a re-release of Jaws. Uh, and it's a movie where uh, he's a NYPD cop and Holocaust survivor who travels to Nuremberg. Uh, okay. This movie sounds wild and weird and interesting. There was an Oscar campaign lawsuit. There was a Facebook <laughs> advertising lawsuit. There are two lawsuits associated with this movie. I think Roy Scheider has to say, so we can talk about that movie at some point. Uh, and so I think George C. Scott is going to have to go. He's out. That's, that's it. Okay. So George C. Scott, I'm sorry. You're awesome. I, I love your movies. Uh, but uh, yeah, alas, that's not going to happen. Uh, all right. So my two are Nicole Kidman and Kirsten Dunst. And your two are Walter Matthau and Roy Scheider. <laughs> we can't get two, four more diametrically opposed. <laughs> this is, that, that is so far removed uh, from... <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, that, that I'm so glad that it worked out this way. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, certainly if we do Walter Matthau or Roy Scheider, um, we would be definitely covering the earliest movies we've ever covered. Like we'd be True. going like further back than we have. I think Jeff Goldblum had the earliest movie so far and that was Death Wish in 74. Yeah. Uh, and so Walter Matthau has movies going back to the 50s uh, and Roy Scheider goes back to the 60s. Uh, so yeah, that, that would be interesting. I mean, covering different periods of, you know, film and all that stuff. Um but yeah, absolutely uh, a, a weird group of people <laughs> that we've settled on. And I love that it is very clearly two and two, like Walter Matthau and Roy Scheider go together. And yes. Nicole Kidman and Kirsten Dunst go together, but never the twain shall meet. <laughs> <laughs> Until now. That's uh, right. So I got to figure this, I got to figure out how to weaponize uh, Twitter to go for my people. Uh, you got you to gotta go for all the, like, uh, you know, try to contact, like, you know, your one perfect shots or all the right moves, like all, all your various, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, film nerd people. And I'm going to get the no more late fees girls on the phone. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm ruined. It's over. Uh, and uh, we're going to figure this out. Uh, yeah. I think this is going to be a really interesting poll. I'm, I'm really curious to see um, which, which direction our fans will go in basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see, but I think, I think if we do any, you know, obviously we want all four of these people, uh, I think would all be, very interesting and fun seasons. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will say if Nicole Kidman wins, I will insist on doing an entire episode on just the AMC. <laughs> okay, sure. I think that would have to happen, right? I think it would have to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like a real breakdown, like word by word of like, you know, everything that goes into the, the AMC ad. We'll get um, that screenwriter to come on and, uh, Tell uh, us that would be cool. Let's he's, I mean, that's a, it's a pretty big screenwriter who wrote that ad too. I'm blanking on who yeah, it was. Um, is, is it Michael green? It's Billy Ray. Oh, it's I don't Billy know Ray. what else he's written, but only because he was on a podcast with Billy Ray Bruton, who's a screen drafts regular. Uh, right. And they were talking about like Billy, no, Billy Ray, but Billy, Ray, like, but not Billy Ray. It's Billy, Billy, like, and they yes, were doing the like other a whole, Billy Ray. Yeah. <laughs> yes. A whole shtick. Uh, no, Billy Ray wrote uh, Captain Phillips. Uh, was Got it. Kind of his big like script. He also wrote The Hunger Games, recently wrote uh, Gemini Man, uh, Richard Jewell, Terminator Dark Fates. Uh, right. So yeah. Making movies. 
Yeah, make, make it some stuff for sure. I direct, directed a couple of movies too. I directed a movie called Shattered Glass in 2003, Breach from 2007, uh, and Secret in Their Eyes from 2015. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're saying this as if like Billy Ray is coming on the podcast. We, <laughs> yeah. we, don't, we don't know how to get a hold of him. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, but just in case, if anybody out there knows Billy Ray and uh, you know, if he wants to come on a podcast episode to talk about the AMC commercial and just that, uh, we won't ask any Captain Phillips questions. None. Uh, we, <laughs> we will uh, gladly have him on. So uh, to recap, our four finalists for the Complete Works season four: Nicole Kidman, Kirsten Dunst, <laughs> Walter Matthau, and Roy Scheider. Oh man, I was uh, like, "There's no way I'm going to get through this without laughing." Yeah, um, it's just such a fun. Walter Matthau <laughs> is such an ordinary old man, <laughs> and and I think has always been. You know, yeah. always was. I mean, taking the Pelham one, two, three came out in the '70s. He was already like 50. Right. Uh, <laughs> And, and that's why that movie is as good as it is, because he's just a cranky New York City transit cop. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to uh, see the results of this poll, because I think this is a really wild variety of, of people. Um, awesome. Okay. Well, we did it, Mike. We did it. Uh, con- congrats to us. Yes. Con- congrats to us. Congrats to you, the listener, for getting to, uh, to partake in this poll. Uh, so Mike D, we're going to put this out there on Monday, uh, and then we'll do the podcast or the poll the following Monday. Uh, how are you feeling? Do you feel like your people, uh, could, could win? Do you, do you feel good about your two choices? <laughs> Not a chance. Um, <laughs> you never know. You never I mean, know. I never know. I guess it depends on like what audience, uh, finds this poll or whatever. Um, I'm also nervous about that. Um, but, um, I think, I think maybe, I think we got some, uh, you, like you said, the the kind of uh, old school, you know, guys, d- dudes, guys being dudes kind of movies yeah. um, or some some newer, more interesting uh, or different, di- differently interesting uh, feminine movies or whatever. I don't know how to. F- why am I? Why do we have to make that? Let's not make that a dichotomy. Let's not make that a thing. <laughs> the girls versus the guys. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like that at all. That's bad. Um, but I think I think it's just two totally different realms and eras, obviously, of, of uh, film and film history and stuff. So. I think uh, no matter what, it'd be fun. Yes, absolutely. All right. So uh, we will see you guys uh, for the poll very, very soon. Mike D, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter, Letterboxd, and Blue Sky. Um, and you can also donate to support the show on our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. And if you want merch, we have merch available on our Redbubble, which is Mike and Mike Pods.redbubble.com. That's right. You can find me online at M Smith film blog on Twitter, Mike Smith film on letterbox and radio Mike sandwich, Instagram. Uh, thanks so much for listening to complete works. I'm Mike Smith. That's my decreasio. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at complete works pod. That's W R K S no O in the word works. And uh, you can find the rest of our podcast in rapture press alongside many other podcasts, all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Our theme song was created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your own podcast themes at Kyle's podcast theme at gmail.com and our logo was designed by mac v or at fearless guard on twitter next week the poll goes live so place your votes and make sure to spread the word and campaign for your favorites we will see if mike d's agenda to get a dead person on the on the podcast <laughs> will pan I just, out i just want i just it'd be nice to have a definitive set of films yeah <laughs> you know no i i totally understand that but i'm all i i get that and i've thought about that sometimes uh but at, at the same time i've also been like like 
Uh, but I think it's fun when we interrupt a season with like a different season of the podcast. I don't yeah, know. that's fun. <laughs> it's, it's fun just, to break it up a little bit. <laughs> I can just see it getting unwieldy, you know, oh, Although yeah. I guess I, I guess out of the three so far, you know, uh, Cage, Yo and Goldblum are all if Cage is to be believed uh, nearing <laughs> a, a slowing down tail end. Uh, I guess maybe not necessarily Yo, but uh, she's kind of cashing in on the Oscar buzz and all that yeah. stuff. But um you know, they're not, Jeff, they're, Jeff Goldblum like barely makes movies. <laughs> exactly. They're not all making uh, as uh, although it wasn't wasn't 2023 Cage's like second busiest year of all time. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> so I'm defeating my own point. But you there, get where there's I'm going. that. Well, well, although one of those movies was The Flash and like that barely counts. True. Right? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but luckily, Mike, we won't have to talk about The Flash Thank on the God. upcoming season of the podcast. Bullet dodged. So there we go. Unless unless there was like a CGI Walter Matthau in the background somewhere <laughs> that I didn't that I didn't notice. See in Superman, I don't know. Yeah, the CGI Roy Scheider from The Punisher uh, just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pops up. Uh, all right, so yeah, the poll goes live next week. Vote for your favorites, and remember checking out other podcasts. Mike might go to the movies for all kinds of other movie related stuff, including recent releases, ranked lists, general discussions, and a lot more. So thanks so much for listening, guys, and remember to go to the polls.